I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, guys. In this episode, we are joined by Andy Miller, a fellow registered dietitian. And in this episode, we talk all about processed foods, the spectrum of processed foods, if you should eat processed foods. And Andy gives a really good perspective on all of those topics. Yeah. And Andy's actually, she graduated, she actually did undergrad and grad school from University of Minnesota. So Big Ten represent. And she had her previous interest in nutrition comes from being a competitive gymnast growing up throughout high school and into college. So get pumped for today's episode. Yes, it's a good one. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Uppy Dietitians podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are joined by registered dietitian, Andy Miller. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So today, we really want to talk about the controversy of processed foods. And we know that Andy has a lot to say about this. It's going to be an awesome episode. But before we get into that, Andy, please tell us about a day in the life, what you do for work, your education to become a dietitian, your hobbies, that sort of thing. Oh, boy. Um... Loaded question there. Loaded question. So I work, do I work? I used to work. I work primarily, I work as a stay-at-home parent slash butt wiper as my primary job. Um, But I also see clients um, from my kitchen table as a remote dietitian. Um, I have a bachelor's and master's degree in nutrition from the University of Minnesota. I've been a dietitian for 11 years. Um, hobbies. I used to have hobbies before COVID and before I had children. I used to like happy hour, eating food, traveling, going to concerts, eating carbs, fruity beer and pretzels and beer cheese. Um, currently I just took up knitting because I'm trying to become an old lady as fast as humanly possible. I also like taking naps um, and like watching my children do really weird stuff. I don't know if you can call that a hobby, but it's a hobby. Uh, so those are my hobbies. Day in the life. It's really boring. It's boring, but it's like really busy. I don't know how you can have a day. I know parents can say this, but it's like, your days are really monotonous, but they go by so fast. It's like, how can you do so little, but your day can go by so fast? So I like, I wake up, I change some diapers. I make some food. I feed my kids. I play with some kids. I put them down for a nap. I see some clients. I maybe do some work. I wake up, I feed them. I play with them. I feed them again. I go to bed. I maybe feed myself and then I do it again. Yeah. That sounds about right. It's, it's, it's great and it's horrible. And it's like, uh. (laughs) and sometimes I take a shower. Mm. Sometimes I work out. Sometimes I say hi to my husband and then that's kind of, that's life. Yeah. 
When the stars align, probably. And then like every other week, maybe I leave the house. <laughs> and then yes, I <laughs> same. Yeah. Same. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Mine is the kids part. I can relate to pretty much all of that. Yeah. Do you guys are you guys like kind of homebody types or are you like I go on adventures? I think I'm more homebody than you, Emily. I would gladly just hang out at home like 24-7. I think I'm the type that I like going on adventures, but then I burn out and then I need a week of just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Has to be this last weekend. Yeah, you get nothing. like really ambitious and then you're like, yeah, let's do all the things. And then it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we tried to go trick-or-treating, but my kids are two. So obviously they don't know what candy is. So we just put them in the stroller and walked them around the neighborhood. And my son was like, oh my God, people, and totally had a small <laughs> panic attack. Oh, he's no. never been around people. So it's like, oh. Oh and my gosh. Yeah, so were they born like right around the start of everything? They were born in December. Oh my So they were born in December when we were living in Nashville. And then we moved, we live near Atlanta. So they really have not done anything. So we basically lived inside since they've been born. I've been thinking about that. Like all the kids that are younger currently, it's going to be like a totally different life lived than what we have lived through. It's crazy. Yeah. Thankfully, I mean, there's two of them. So they have someone else to bother That's true. <laughs> and to steal toys from. So there's a little bit of social skills, but other than that, it's just like nobody else. Yeah, man. That's Quarantine craziness. Babies. Quarantine babies. The QBs. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for the day in the life. We love the honest reveal <laughs> of the adult life. <laughs> no, um, it's totally glamorous. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I'm sure some it's going to resonate with a lot of people because we appreciate the unfiltered life more yeah. than the highlight reels as we all know social media is known for but getting into kind of the topic of today Andy talk us through what are processed foods is there a spectrum of processed foods and if there is what does this even look like? Because I'm sure everyone has their thoughts and opinions and feelings about the word processed foods. As I scowl <laughs> and as I'm eating a gingerbread Oreo. <laughs> Those are Ooh. so good. They're so good. Those are like my top five favorite flavors. Side note, last year, I didn't even know they existed. I, tra- I drove an hour one way with two small children to like a Walmart in the middle of nowhere to find them. And they're like, oh, you have to go inside and pick them up. I'm like, I don't have a stroller and I'm not carrying two screaming infants into a Walmart to go get them. You have to bring them out. So I did do that. Um, That's awesome. So processed foods get, so technically a processed food is anything that is not in its original form. So if you pick a food, if you pick a plant out of the ground, it's processed because it's not in its original form. Um, So when you pick a carrot and you peel a carrot, it is technically a processed food. So if we're getting really nitty gritty, every single thing you eat is processed. So when people say, they don't eat processed foods, yes, you do. 
That was a good impression. <laughs> but what people mean is kind of the, 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 the spectrum of, well, how processed is it? Um, a carrot still looks like a carrot, whereas something like a Twinkie does not exist in nature. A Dorito does not exist in nature. They're talking about processed foods, that something that is so processed, it can live on a shelf in a grocery store for two years and not spoil. But again, the range of processing varies, right? So, and I think, Emily, you alluded to it too. It, it, along with processing, people just add a lot of connotation to the process of processing. Like just because it's processed, it is bad. And instead of saying, oh, it's a processed food and why do we process it in this way? They say it is processed, therefore it is bad. And that's, not true at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a good segue into the next little question here is like, why are those foods like demonized or deemed as bad? And kind of part two of that question is like, should we eat clean? Or are we allowed to have those processed foods? When people say processed foods, they normally think of the very processed processed side of the spectrum of like the Oreos, Twinkies, chips, things don't, things that don't exist in nature side of the process spectrum. And normally those foods tend to be high in the sofas, like the, the solid fats and added sugars and low in the vitamins and minerals and things like that. So it's easy to say those foods are bad, right? Because I mean, most people know that if you survive on a diet of Oreos, Doritos, and Twinkies, it's probably not the best thing for you. Do some people do that and live a perfectly healthy long life? Yes, they do. <laughs> and congratulations to them. You have fabulous genes and I'm very happy for you. Um, that tends to be why people think of these foods as bad is because we think of processed foods as those foods. Um, and then when people say, okay, we need to eat clean, I don't even know where that food started. I don't even know what you guys think of that word. What do you oh, think? I, I think we agree. It's just like, yeah. so there's like not a lot of dirt on it. Like, great. I'm glad that you don't eat things that are dirty. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, I put in my notes, like the only food that is um, dirty are foods that have dirt on them. Ones yeah. that garbage or vegetables that are shaped like suggestive <laughs> organs. <laughs> I love that. But um, when health influencers use the word clean, it's like my red flag to just stop listening to that person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just watching a TikTok of some dude who obviously was not any nutrition professional talking about something called the 50 brain cell challenge of looking on the back of nutrition label and every ingredient that you read, you lose a brain cell. <laughs> no, I do they think of these things. It's... Have you looked on the back of baby formula? Oh. How many ingredients baby formula has? Do you know how shitty it is to shame baby formula? 
like shaming baby formula on, in my opinion, is one of the most horrible things you can do because there are people that have to use baby formula because breastfeeding is just hard. Yeah. People need baby formula and half of the ingredients on a baby formula label are vitamins and minerals and they're the chemical name. So that person can just, (laughs) so the idea of clean eating comes from looking at the ingredient label and thinking that the more ingredients are on that ingredient label, the worse or more unhealthy a food is, and that having more ingredients is a bad thing. Because someone said one day, I think someone, I don't know who it was, like carrots don't have ingredient labels. And I think it was like Michael Pollan had a food rules book. And one of the rules was like, if your grandma doesn't understand what an ingredient label it, what an ingredient is, don't eat it. Or if your food doesn't spoil, don't eat it. You had a list of like these 10 food rules and some of them weren't too cringy. Yeah. But do, do you really need to follow these to be healthy? No. If you follow these things, the, the number of ingredients that something has on a label has no bearing on the health or the merit or the nutrition density of a food. Like going back to that baby formula analogy, baby formula has a very long nutrition label and it's a very nutritionally dense, healthy food and it has a lot of healthy things in it. And it's very, very processed. Like it's very man-made, it's very very chemically, very chemically. So if you use like the, the how many nutrients are on the label equating to health, I mean, you couldn't eat it. So yeah, I mean, it just runs into problems. Absolutely. And also, I think we might've actually talked about this on a previous episode. Hannah and I talked about how there's like, I know there's the whole ideology of like, if you don't know what an ingredient in a nutrition label is and like, it's bad for you. We like, I feel like the, we talked about how potentially the only people that know all those ingredients are the people making the product or like food scientists. Cause that's their, that's their forte. Like I could, I could probably name a lot of ingredients I would look at, or at least nutrition labels. I would go look at right now. I couldn't, would not be able to tell you every single ingredient specifically what this is and what it does in all these things. And it, it's just a very silly mindset to have. And it's that, um, that mindset or that thought process is, is something that's um, heavily propagated on social media and that's fear-mongered a lot in a lot of people. I think I've seen like three videos on that recently. There was a guy talking still about um, hot Cheetos. No, no. <laughs> she loves, Emily loves her hot Cheetos. No, he's talking. He's I would die for hot Cheetos. <laughs> Granted, he's a psychiatrist and was talking about hot Cheetos and ingredients he couldn't Um, read or ingredients he couldn't pronounce. And then another, I think he, a a man who obviously worked in some kind of, he was a chef or a food chemist, stitched the video and just read the ingredients really quickly and very eloquently. That's amazing. (laughs) And it was very funny, but it's, it's the exact point is that it's like, these are chemical names because everything is a chemical. Everything oh yeah. Is a chemical. Um, 
And not everybody is a food chemist. No. Um, there was a woman who made a video on TikTok who, who is the, the, the owner of the Hint Water Company. Hmm. This was good. <laughs> and she made this video of this speech that she was doing. And she said, because I didn't understand the 30 ingredients that were in Diet Coke, there's eight ingredients in Diet Coke, eight. There's not 30, there's eight. I decided I wasn't gonna drink it anymore. So I switched to water and I lost like 20 pounds in a month. And no. then I lost, you know, 50 pounds in however many months. Wait, from Diet Coke? Just from removing Diet Coke and replacing it with water. So obviously substituting a zero calorie beverage for another zero calorie beverage, yeah. which is a net zero calorie change resulted in this dramatic weight loss. Red flag, no, it didn't. Yeah. But just because she didn't understand what those ingredients were, she was promoting this, oh, they're harmful. No, they're not. They're there for a purpose. They're like, they're stabilizers. The caramel color is obviously there for color. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, and she could have Googled them. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you can Google things and she didn't Google them. Obviously the video was promoting a product which was her flavored water, but it was just such trash <laughs> to be like, because I didn't understand these 30 ingredients. No, there's eight. Like that's on you lady for not understanding those. Yeah. Like that makes you look kind of dumb. <laughs> but it's just like, just because I don't understand something. Like physics. I mean, that's like a good Calcu point. Like I don't get calculus. That doesn't mean it's not real. <laughs> right. It means I'm really bad calculus at math. fake. <laughs> doesn't mean it doesn't exist. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Like I'm thinking of like, I have many friends who are diabetics. Like, they have to take insulin. I know like they have to have general education around that. But if I ask them to break down the chemical makeup of insulin, I don't know if all of them could, but that doesn't mean that it's not helping them and Absolutely. it's not bad. <laughs> I, I, I was going to bring up, Ugh. I don't get biochemistry. I know that's going to hit personal with Hannah. Yeah. I don't get biochemistry. Doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <is> very real. <laughs> so it just, I mean, some of those things you just kind of want to be like, oh my God. Oh yeah. And people like soak that up and they believe every single word just because it is like a flashy thing, you know? That's even more frustrating. Yeah. And the like, and again on on a lot of on a lot of US versus European food labels, the US will list out the chemical names of vitamins and minerals and a European food label won't. And the United States label will be longer and European food label will be shorter. So then obviously people will think the United States is poisoning me. No. I've seen so many of those. It's <laughs> so cringy. And, and then uh, someone, I think on Instagram sent this to me, it was like a yogurt label and the first ingredient in the, the US label was like, like milk and cream and sugar and something else in the European label, the first ingredient was yogurt. <laughs> yogurt is not an ingredient. <laughs> like what the hell is your yogurt made out of? Yogurt's not made out of yogurt. That's awesome. <laughs> Say what's in it. So it's just, I mean, all of these little things that 
confuse people that just take more critical thinking that it's not that people aren't willing to do it's just that health influencers take advantage of and play off of people's fears and insecurities of what are you putting in my food are you poisoning me are you making my health worse yes exactly it's, like, it's you know the tinfoil hat thing I think the government is against me all of the time. We're just making this, we're playing on my fear and we're making it worse. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we love social media. <laughs> I hate social media. Oh, same, same. This was never my same. intent to do anything significant on social media. This was a happy accident. <laughs> Yes, if you guys didn't know, Andy is killing it on TikTok. So definitely go follow her. I'm in jail most of the time. Don't, <laughs> don't listen to that. For good reasons. I wish we could bail you out. Yeah. It, you know, it's fine. TikTok doesn't pay you. So it's not really a job. Like they think that they, they think, oh, you have followers, you get paid. You don't get paid. It's like yeah. your best day, you get maybe $4. Yeah. It's like, here, has, here, have enough money to buy half a coffee but since you don't leave your house it's useless anyway it's <laughs> awesome yeah. okay um our next question in terms of processed foods here is um are highly processed foods addictive like i know that you know the whole sugar addiction thing is a huge claim and people will say they're addicted to like those highly palatable foods like chips and that sort of food thing as well is that a thing? Are foods like that addictive? Is that possible? Yes and no, which is a very unsatisfying answer. People ask all the time. It, so this is something I'll touch on slightly because I won't take up an hour because this could take up a lot of hours. People ask all the time is, so on the hot Cheetos video, he said, sugar is addictive. Sugar is not addictive. That has been happily debunked because have you seen somebody take a cup of granulated sugar and just dump it down their pie? No, you have not. <laughs> the foods that are highly palatable and very easy to eat large quantities of are usually a combination of sugar, fat, and salt. They're chips, they're pizza, they're cookies. They're all of those things in combination. They're not sugar on their own. So it's not sugar. It's highly palatable foods like Hannah, you just mentioned. The reason why chemically they are addictive, I'll go back to the not addictive part. You can't be addicted to something you need to survive, right? Calories, you need calories to exist as a human being. If you don't eat calories, you will die. Therefore, in my professional opinion, on a very basic level, can you be addicted to something that if you stop consuming them, you will not be alive? No. But that combination of like the sugar, fat, salt, brownies, pizza, things like that, give people happy hormones in their brain. They give them dopamine, serotonin, things like that. So when we eat them, we feel happy. Our pain physically decreases we feel good. The more we repeat that behavior, it creates a habit pathway in our, in our brain. The more we do it, it gets reinforced. And we teach ourselves that when I'm feeling tired, stressed, depressed, 
any negative emotion that if I eat this food, it will make me feel better. And I associate that food, that pizza, that brownie with those chemicals. And my body knows that if I eat that food, I get that chemical response. So in that sense, that addiction type pathway gets created and it can become addictive and it can be very hard to break. So that sense, yes. I think that was a really like, good explanation. I was gonna say that was perfectly debunked because it's like, it's more complex than just yes or no, as most nutrition is. But I think that was a perfect way of explaining it. Yeah. And then food companies, there's a term called uh, the bliss point that basically refers to the combination of sugar, fat, and salt chemically that, that is, is the, basically refers to that amount of all of those flavors that can trigger that. It also refers to like the mouthfeel of a food, the texture of a food. Like you want a chip to be crunchy, but not too crunchy. You want something to be sweet, but not like off-puttingly sweet. You want something to be salty, but not too salty. So you want like a chip to be just enough so it like is good, but so that you can keep eating it. I think I read something or heard something on a podcast that if there was like a spicy food, that it was a combination, I think it was some kind of chips and they had extra hot chips immersed in not so spicy chips, but you couldn't have too much of the extra spicy chips or it would give you palate fatigue. So researchers study these things so that people will actually consume more of these foods. So in that sense, some of these processed foods are also very addictive. So again, there's another aspect of that too. So as a dietitian, it's also hard to say, yes, all foods fit when food marketers are kind of needling at you. But we also know and have enough evidence as dietitians that when you tell somebody to not eat something and we tell people to restrict, that very, very bad things happen. Yeah, we talk about that probably every episode, Emily, don't we? About how restriction just never pays off. But yes, it is a tough balance of like, don't restrict, but you also can overdo it with some food. So it's a very hard balance to find as someone who has had a long relationship with food that hasn't been so good. So that's why working with an RD can be so helpful. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So we have... A fun question is what, because we've been talking about a lot of, I don't know if people would say sad, but a lot of truth (laughs) around processed food. So a more fun question for you to discuss and is what are your favorite types of processed foods? And this is completely subjective. Obviously no one listening should be like, oh, now I'm only going to eat these processed foods because Andy said so. (laughs) What are my favorites? Well, this is all my opinion. Absolutely. (laughs) This has no bearing of the health status of a food because health Mm -hmm. is a word that has no definition. Health is like organic, doesn't mean shit. (laughs) Uh, Diet soda is wonderfully refreshing. (laughs) There's just something about diet pop. It just hits the spot. Uh, Pizza. Uh, oh, cold yeah. pizza. Oh, yeah. 
uh, what else? Ice cream. Ice cream. Cheese. 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 Beer. Beer. Soft. Like I said, soft pretzels and beer cheese. But again, on the practical side of like um, things that I use on a daily basis that are processed that make life better. We eat a lot of Greek yogurt in our house. Um, when we go through, like my kids eat a lot of fruit, uh, canned fruit, we eat a crap ton of canned fruit. Uh, canned beans, nobody in their right mind should ever cook beans from dry beans because it takes like 56 oh, yeah. years. <laughs> um, canned tomatoes, very useful. Frozen berries, frozen vegetables, yay. Uh, lentil pasta like chickpea lentil noodles. Oh yeah. Very so good. good. Those are so good. Kodiak cakes, pancakes. Mm. Oh yeah. Someone was railing on those on the interwebs and mm -hmm. I about like had kittens. Kodiak cakes, if you hear this, sponsor me. I'm waiting. <laughs> I think I need like 2 million, 3 million more followers on the internets for that to happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think the hard thing is, is that people think, oh, processed foods are so bad, but there are so many good staples that are actually highly nutritious that can fit into your daily rotation. Um, I think I also put, people were doing that. I think Hannah, you were tagged in at first, that $25 a week challenge. Yes, I still haven't responded to that. I need to. But one of the oh, most yeah. common food items was oatmeal and canned beans. Um, and people like to talk about, oh, that stupid rule of only shop the outside of the grocery store, A. Yeah. I don't know if they've ever lived on a graduate student budget before. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Or just have like multiple family members and been low income, but there's a lot of really healthy foods that you miss out on if you don't go into those inside aisles and like oatmeal, canned beans, like their canned chicken is in there. There's a lot of really good stuff that you miss if you don't go into those inside aisles of the grocery store. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We had an episode on grocery shopping. That was one of our big points because that is such a common thing I hear all the time. So yes. I'm glad you guys covered that because it's such a stupid rule. I don't even know how yeah. that started either. Probably some influencer who just decided to spew it out of their mouth. I think it was probably one of those books with those food rules. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. probably a good guess. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I'm really glad you brought up the canned and frozen vegetables and fruits because I feel like those get a bad rep because everyone's like, you need to only buy fresh produce. But not only does fresh produce not last, very long. Also, people can't always go to the grocery store every like. No, I, I stitched a video of a, I think it was an acupuncturist who was ripping on canned produce. And granted, it got a lot of views, which was very bizarre. <laughs> but people were kind of heated about thinking that canned vegetables were really bad. Mm. And there's a lot of misconceptions about that, that, that um, nutrient loss in canned vegetables, and it's not. I mean, the closer that an item 
the closer an item is processed after it is picked, the more nutrients are retained. Um, and freezing and canning, they're processed oh, yeah. really close to when they're harvested. And granted, flash frozen is probably the closest you're going to get to being right. processed when something is picked. Um, but a canned vegetable is a very cheap, very uh, shelf-stable option. And people were like, oh, there's a lot of preservatives added in the canning process. No, the canning process is the preservation process. Without it, they would not stay good on the shelf. Yeah, but you don't need preservative, like the canning process is the preservation process. Mm -hmm. They're not loaded up with chemicals. It's <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you heat it and you seal it and it's good to go. Yeah. Um, so canned vegetables are great and there's low sodium options. And then with things like that, if you put it in a colander and rinse it, yep. you guys know yep. you can cut down the sodium content. Yeah. And if you're not hypertensive and you don't have heart problems, you don't have to worry about it. Someone said eating high salt is going to give you heart problems. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's yeah. garbage. Yeah. No, no. People are wild. <laughs> well, They're unhinged. Welcome, welcome to everybody having an opinion about nutrition on the internet. Mm -hmm. That's what I always say. Everyone has an opinion about it. It's craziness. Well, Andy, any, like, if you had to sum it up, any final thoughts on this topic, if you could put it into like a few sentences or so, what, what would you like to say about this episode? When it comes to food, eat what you like and eat what you can afford. And if someone says that one food is either like toxic, super harmful, or is the sole cause of disease, unless you have a like significant allergy to it, it's bullshit. Like one food or one ingredient is not gonna cause significant bodily harm unless it makes you swell up like Violet Beauregard and Willy Wonka. No, it's no, it just no. Exactly, the dose makes the poison. Yeah, and usually the, yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Enough said. Very powerful. Cool. Very cool. So kind of then going to the, the fun part of our episode. Every episode, we always have a bonus question where it's either just, it's just us talking about our opinions, essentially. <laughs> um, and we either like, it's a debate type question or favorite, whatever type question. Today's is is cereal technically a soup and as always we always let our guests go first so andy cereal soup nope <laughs> no i looked it up on the internet because uh -huh. the internet knows all things <laughs> by definition a cereal is a liquid food liquid food cereal is not a liquid food it's a dry food made by boiling or simmering meat, fish, or vegetables with various added ingredients. You don't simmer or boil. Well, I mean, you cook cereal, but you don't simmer it. And there's no meat, fish, or vegetables. True. Yeah. I think so that's... I, I have to say no. I think that's one of the key points is like, 
the cereal versus like the cereal in the milk. That's a big difference there. I didn't think about it the way you defined it, which is like the cereal is just like a grain, like it's just cereal. Cause I was envisioning like cereal floating in milk, which I feel like there's an argument for that, but I totally agree that like dry cereal is obviously not soup. Emily, what are your Emily thoughts? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking only because I've worked in long-term care. Like I think about my rotation say like, would say like cold versus hot cereal and hot cereals oh. like oatmeal. Oh. Cause that's Boiled, but there's no yeah. meat. You don't put meat, fish, or vegetables. I mean, you could, and that would be a soup. Meal. But even like a gazpacho, though, is vegetable simmered in water, and then it's like blended. That's a good point. And you can okay, do like okay. savory oats. Like you don't have to do them sweet. So you could do like add a veggie to your oatmeal. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I'm more of a sweet kind of person, but that's a thing. That would be like it's true. Okay, a soup, I'm gonna I agree. I don't think cereal is a soup, but hot cereal still confuses me. <laughs> it, it kind of does. Yeah, there was a cauliflower oatmeal on TikTok. Oh sweet Jesus! Oh, world yeah. is turning upside down. <laughs> was cauliflower like the eighth ingredient in there? Like there was like a speck of cauliflower, and they could. Label I haven't it. looked at it yet, and I. I don't even know what I want to do with that because a lot of people get on my case because I don't think cauliflower needs to be parading around as food. It's not, but yeah. oatmeal is, is crossing a line. I know. I don't know cauliflower. if cauliflower wanted all this attention. No, it did not. <laughs> no. It was in a fudge recipe and I lost, no. my, I lost my shit and people were like, can't you just let people have their things? And I was like, no, eat fudge. Fudge. Come Why? On. Why? Cauliflower oatmeal. <laughs> Could you imagine your oatmeal smelling like heat? <laughs> You're going to eat your breakfast and then the wolf of heat hitting your face. And for what? Like, what do you gain from that? Nothing. How many calories do you save? Like exactly. 100. Exactly. 100 calories. Exactly. Is it worth it? It is not worth it. No, you'll sink up your kitchen and you'll ruin your morning. Exactly. You start your day on a bad foot. <laughs> oh, so good. That was great. <laughs> the worst joke I've had in weeks. That was perfect. Okay. We liked it. We're easy to please. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was really good. What happens in your late 30s? Dad <laughs> jokes. It's <laughs> oh, awesome. Cool. Okay, very cool. So, Andy, how can everyone find you? Because I'm sure they had a wonderful time listening to our <laughs> bad jokes. <laughs> no, your great jokes and all things process. Um, and I'm sure... At least I know Hannah and I want them to continue following your nutrition debunking journey <laughs> that you are I so very involved in. Appreciate that. On TikTok, I'm Andy Does Healthy. On Instagram, I'm Andy Does Healthy. And I think I'm Andy Miller and Andy Does Healthy on YouTube. And maybe I'll do something with that someday. It exists. Someday something will happen there. I just don't know what yet. Yeah, maybe I'll talk about how much I hate cauliflower and oatmeal. Exactly. The first episode started off. 
it really should talk about how much of a bad idea cauliflower oatmeal is. But I'd watch that. Taking recommendations yeah. for YouTube ideas if anybody's interested. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Leave a comment, guys. We'll send it over to Andy. Be the first one there so you can see her first video. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. This is yes awesome thank you so so much for coming on we really do appreciate it this will be a good episode for everyone i think they'll really enjoy it oh yeah definitely absolutely thank you so much also for joining us so fitting us into your very busy schedule (laughs) well Um, everything we got yes cool very cool thank you everyone for tuning in today we hope you learned something new (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure <laughs> you did something away from it. I'm sure you, did. you had to have learned something. I'm yeah. sure you did not know all of this, <laughs> um, but be sure to tune back in next week. Otherwise, and of course, go check out all of Andy's socials medias and go support her on everything. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. <laughs> you got this. Andy, well, I don't, if you're new to the pod, Emily always gets stuck doing the outro and it's always a struggle bus. It's well, just it's hard. Right? It's so hard. I hate I doing it. So I, I never do know what to say. Job than I, would. <laughs> I always tell them we'll see you next week. I don't see any of them. So. <laughs> I will see we'll you see in them. my mind. <laughs> I will be thinking of you fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll chat next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Right, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your host, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at the Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.